Chapter Five of *The Devil's Paw* by E. Phillips Oppenheim. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss, Tom's Audiobooks.com. Chapter Five. Moultonby was one of those old-fashioned houses where the port is served as a lay sacrament, and the call of the drawing room is responded to tardily. After the departure of the women, Doctor Lennard drew his chair up to Julian's an interesting face your dinner companions he remarked they tell me that she is a very brilliant young lady she certainly has gifts acknowledged julian i watched her whilst she was talking to you the oxford don continued she is one of those rare young women whose undoubted beauty is put into the background by their general attractiveness lady maltenby was telling me fragments of her history it appears that she is thinking of giving up her artistic career for some sort of sociological work it is curious julian reflected how the cause of the people has always appealed to gifted russians england for instance produces no real democrats of genius russia seems to claim a monopoly of them there is nothing so stimulating as a sense of injustice for bringing out the best of a man or woman dr lennard pointed out russia of course for many years has been shamefully misgoverned the conversation owing to the intervention of other of the guests became general and platitudinal soon after mr stenson rose and excused himself his secretary who had been at the telephone desired a short conference there was a brief silence after his departure stenson the oxonian observed is beginning to show signs of strain why not lord sherbinton pointed out he came into office full of the most wonderful enthusiasm his speeches rang through the world like a clarion note he converted waverers he lit fires which still burn but he is a man of movement this present stagnation is terribly irksome to him i heard him speak last week and i was disappointed he seems to have lost his inspiration what he needs is a stimulus of some sort even of disaster I wonder, the bishop reflected, if he is really afraid of the people. I consider his remark concerning them most ill-advised, Lord Maltenby declared pompously. I know the people, the bishop continued, and I love them. I think, too, that they trust me. Yet I am not sure that I cannot see a glimmering of what is at the back of Stenson's mind. There are a good many millions in the country who honestly believe that war is primarily an affair of the politicians, who believe, too, that victory means a great deal more to what they term the upper classes than it does to them. Yet in every sense of the word they are bearing an equal portion of the fight, because when it comes down to human life, the life of the farm laborer's son is of the same intrinsic value as the life of the peers. Lord Maltenby moved a little in his chair there was a slight frown upon his aristocratic forehead he disagreed entirely with the speaker with whom he feared however to cross swords mr hannaway wells who had been waiting for his opportunity took charge of the conversation he spoke in a reserved manner his fingers playing with the stem of his wine-glass i must confess he said that i feel the deepest interest in what the bishop has just said i could not talk to you about the military situation even if I knew more than you do, which is not the case. But I think it is clear that we have reached something like a temporary impasse. There certainly seems to be no cause for alarm upon any front, 
yet not only in london but in paris and even rome there is a curious uneasiness afoot for which no one can account which no one can bring home to any definite cause in the same connection we have confidential information that a new spirit of hopefulness is abroad in germany it has been reported to us that sober clear-thinking men and there are a few of them even in germany have predicted peace before a month is out the assumption is dr lenard interpolated that germany has something up her sleeve that is not the only assumption the cabinet minister replied but it is also i believe the truth one can apprehend and fear a great possible danger lord sherverton observed if the labor party in germany were as strong as ours or if our own labor party were entirely united the present conditions however seem to me to give no cause for alarm and that is where i think you are wrong hannaway wells declared if the labor party in germany were as strong as ours they would be strong enough to overthrow the hohenzollern clique to stamp out the militarism against which we are at war to lay the foundations of a great german republic with whom we could make the sort of peace for which every englishman hopes the danger the real danger which we have to face would lie in an amalgamation of the labor party the socialists and the syndicalists in this country and in their insisting upon treating with the weak labor party in germany i agree with the bishop julian pronounced the unclassified democracy of our country may believe itself hardly treated but individually it is intensely patriotic i do not believe that its leaders would force the hand of the country towards peace unless they received full assurances that their conferees in germany were able to assume a dominant place in the government of that country a place at least equal to the influence of the democracy here dr lenard glanced at the speaker a little curiously he had known julian since he was a boy but had never regarded him as anything but a dilettante you may not know it he said but you are practically expounding the views of that extraordinary writer of whom we were speaking paul fiske i have been told the bishop remarked cracking a walnut that paul fiske is the pseudonym of a cabinet minister and i hannaway wells retorted have been informed most credibly that he is a church of england clergyman the last rumor i heard lord shervington put in was that he is a grocer in a small way of business at wigham dear me dr lenard remarked the gossips have covered enough ground a man at the bohemian club of which i am a member the savage club in fact assured me that he was an opium drug journalist kept alive by the charity of a few friends a human wreck who was once the editor of an important london paper you have some slight connection with journalism have you not julian the earl asked his son condescendingly have you heard no reports many julian replied but none which i have been disposed to credit i should imagine myself that paul fiske is a man who believes having created a public that his written words find an added value from the fact that he obviously desires neither reward nor recognition just in the same way as the really earnest democrats of twenty years ago scoffed at the idea of a seat in parliament or breaking bread in any way with the enemy it was a fine spirit that the bishop declared i am not sure that we are not all of us a little over inclined toward compromises the sapping away of conscience is so easy the dining-room door was thrown open and the butler announced the visitor colonel henderson your lordship they all turned around in their places 
the colonel a fine military-looking figure of a man shook hands with lord maltenby my most profound apologies sir he said as he accepted a chair the countess was kind enough to say that if i were not able to get away in time for dinner i might come up afterwards you are sure that you have dined i had something at mess thank you a glass of port then the colonel helped himself from the decanter which was passed towards him and exchanged greetings with several of the guests to whom his host introduced him no raids or invasions i hope colonel the latter asked and nothing quite so serious as that i am glad to say we have had a little excitement of another sort though one of my men caught a spy this morning everyone was interested even after three years of war there was still something fascinating about the word oh, dear me lord maltenby exclaimed i should scarcely have considered our out-of-the-way part of the world sufficiently important to attract attentions of that sort it was a matter of communication the colonel confided there was an enemy submarine off here last night and we have reason to believe that a message was landed we caught one fellow just at dawn what did you do with him the bishop asked we shot him an hour ago was the cool reply are there any others at large julian inquired leaning forward one other the colonel acknowledged sipping his wine appreciatively my military police here however are very intelligent and i should think it very doubtful whether he can escape was the man who was shot a foreigner the earl asked i trust that he was not one of my tenants he was a stranger was the prompt assurance and his companion julian ventured his companion is believed to have been quite a youth there is a suggestion that he escaped in a motor-car but he is probably hiding in the neighbourhood lord maltenby frowned there seemed to him something incongruous in the fact that a deed of this sort should have been committed in his domain without his knowledge he rose to his feet the countess is probably relying upon some of us for bridge he said i hope colonel that you will take a hand the men rose and filed slowly out of the room the colonel however detained his guest and julian also lingered i hope lord maltenby the former said that you will excuse my men but they tell me that they find it necessary to search your garage for a car which has been seen in the neighbourhood search my garage lord maltenby repeated frowning there is no doubt the colonel explained that a car was made use of last night by the man who was still at large and it is very possible that it was stolen you will understand i am sure that any enquiries which my men feel it their duty to make are actuated entirely by military necessity quite so the earl acceded still a little puzzled you will find my head chauffeur a most responsible man he will i am sure give them every possible information so far as i am aware however there is no strange car in the garage do you know of any julian only miss abbeway's his son replied her little panard was out in the avenue all night waiting for her to put some plugs in everyone else seems to have come by train the colonel raised his eyebrows very slightly and moved slowly towards the door the matter is in the hands of my police he said but if you could excuse me for half a moment lord maltenby i should like to speak to your head chauffeur by all means the earl replied i will take you round to the garage myself end of chapter five recording by tom weiss tom's audiobooks dot com